This podcast is brought to you by Dr. Lance Secretan, the author of a new book entitled The Bellwether Effect. Please listen to Greg's interview with Dr. Secretan on podcast number 678. One in two employees are unhappy with their job, and two-thirds of employees are disengaged at work. In this podcast, Dr. Secretan explains what is contributing to these alarming statistics and what can be done to reduce and eliminate them. In the bellwether effect, Dr. Secretan proposes a theory that explains how and why leaders are attracted to and seduced by trendy ideas and the process by which these ideas then become mainstream. Greg's interview with Dr. Lance Secretan is engaging, informative, and hopeful for the future of employees, leaders, and the corporations that employ them. Please listen to podcast number 678 with Dr. Lance Secretan on his new book, The Bellwether Effect. For more information, please visit www.secretan, that's spelt S-E-C-R-E-T-A-N dot com backslash the bellwether effect. And thank you for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Simon, as I do every time I come on one of my shows, um, it would be remiss in not only thanking you for joining us and bringing some words of wisdom uh, for our listeners, but also um, just all the listeners out there who've supported this program now, Simon, for almost the last 15 years, over 676 podcasts and counting. And for you, I am eternally grateful. I'm grateful that I get to do this kind of work with people like Simon Menwaring. Simon is joining us from Los Angeles. Good day to you, Simon. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, Greg. Thanks to everyone listening. Well, it's a great having you on Inside Personal Growth. And uh, for my listeners, I've known Simon for many, many years. Um, I did an interview with him. I have been to the, the program that we're going to be talking about here, which is, I'm just going to call it his Purpose Academy, but we'll get into that in a minute. But I'm going to let my listeners know a bit about you. Simon is the CEO of We First. His book is called We First, a creative brand consultancy founded in 2011. Simon is a thought leader in the purpose-driven market space. And again, uh, most of you know that this world is gravitating toward people that want to make a difference, and Simon is the kind of person that can help you do that. His book, We First, How Brands and Consumers Use Social Media to Build a Better World, is a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Amazon bestseller. And prior to We First, Simon spent 18 years as an award-winning writer, creative director, worldwide creative director, as many of the top world's top advertising in, um, agencies, including, is it Stati and Stati and Wyden and Kennedy and Olgovy? Did I say that right? Yeah, Saatchi and Saatchi and Widen Sa- and Kennedy. Widen and Kennedy's Nike's ad agency, and, and Saatchi and Saatchi's just uh, you know, one of those big international ad agencies that have lots of different uh, clients around the world. It's awesome. You've done work with big, big clients. And he has two courses that we're going to be talking about today. We're not going to be talking as much about his book, although his book does, I mean, look, Somebody cannot detach themselves from one of the first books they've ever written, and it's here. It's part of him. It is his purpose. And it's how to find fulfillment through personal purpose. 
And the other course is how to accelerate business growth through purpose. Well, Simon, it is a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth again and speaking with our listeners. And this is a topic which I've been following and doing and redefining mine for years. And it's something that I think all of my listeners are very, very aware of. Uh, Not that all of them have done it. But you state that your journey to personal purpose was really wasn't planned, that you had an interesting story that woke you up. And the story that you tell in one of the videos was very compelling. Can you tell your story and why are you so passionate about helping others define their personal purpose? Sure. Uh, thanks for the chance to share a little bit of background. I started out in Australia as a lawyer and then I, and I moved into advertising as a copywriter writing ads and I worked at good agencies in Australia. Then I moved to London, which was sort of the epicenter of advertising at the time and and worked on a lot of great brands like the BBC and the Guardian and Harrods and Adidas and then went across and worked on Nike in America at Wyden and Kennedy and then ran Motorola Worldwide for Ogilvy. And what I was really chasing was different versions of success, you know, whether you've got the cool job or the big job. Yet I found myself in my mid to late 30s having done all of this and feeling unhappy and I didn't quite know why. And so I left corporate life and became a freelancer and spent six years as kind of the cleaner from Pulp Fiction, you know, coming in and fixing brands at the last minute. And that breathless brand triage kept me interested for a while. But again, after six years of that, I found myself really at a loss as to why I wasn't happy. And so I was professionally sort of disillusioned. And then as you know, chance would have it, I walked into my kitchen in Los Angeles and uh, there was six messages on the answering machine, you know, for my mother, my mother, my mother, and then my sister and my mother and my, finally my mother one more time and she was growing increasingly upset and distressed all the way through and the final message was, Simon, dad died, call us when you wake up. And she was in Sydney and because of the time difference, I wasn't hearing the phone ring. Um, and it was my mother and my sister trying to wake me up, sort of yelling down the phone to try and get my attention because my father wanted to say goodbye and I, I missed the calls. And as a result, those words wake up took on a profundity for me that I don't think she even intended, which is, you know, like, what have you been doing with your life? And, you know, I, I was professionally disillusioned. I, after that, I was personally destabilized. And in truth, it was the first time that I'd ever actually really got out of my own way in life, you know, got out of my head and stopped retreating to my head to feel safe or secure and just sort of let everything fall apart and kind of see what the universe would show up with. And um, as luck would have it, I happened to read a speech that Bill Gates gave at the World Economic Forum in 2008, his creative capitalism speech, where he said the private sector needs to play a bigger role in social change. And he sounded like a brief to me, an advertising creative brief. He even called it creative capitalism. And so having never wanted to write a book before, didn't know an author, didn't know an agent, didn't have any aspirations whatsoever to do it, I decided to write a book to answer Bill Gates' challenge um, about, you know, a more responsible practice of capitalism. And, uh, you know, I spent three and a half years writing the book and it came out in June of 2011 and, and, you know, it was a success. And so there was no plan. There was rather, there was just continually trying to head in the wrong direction long enough that I just hit a brick wall personally and professionally. And I think too many of us sort of, when we do reach those moments, we retreat to our heads and, and try and think our way through it to feel safe. 
and it was the only time in my life where I think where I was just so out of sorts that I just I just let things show up just let whatever was meant to be show up and it charted a whole new course in my life so I feel very privileged by it and I'm, I've never forgotten those moments they they to this day inform how I think and feel about things well and I think as you said it was a wake-up call and I think it was a great opportunity to let our listeners hear that story because we all get those wake-up calls and one of the things that I think was said by one of the participants in your course and I want to shift gears here a little bit because it really echoed to me as you were speaking. You know, she said, just show up. She said that she wasn't enough. And I think in the society today, and um, here's my question, um, what is it that people feel so deficient in that's missing in their life that they're busy running around doing other things that are unimportant? And how do they actually create awareness? Um, how do you help them create awareness that that's what they're doing because of that emptiness? I think what we're really looking for, and I never mean to speak for others or to generalize, but I think, I think we're looking for meaning in our lives and ultimately significance in the time that we spend here on this planet. I, it doesn't matter how much money you make or how many boats or cars you have or any of those sorts of silly things. I think ultimately there's something inside of us that is really what we're looking to fulfill. And I think one of the things that I realized over time and in lots of conversations with very, very successful people is that for a long time I thought fulfillment was something that came from outside of yourself. You're going, I'm going to feel fulfilled when enough people tell me I'm important or successful or whatever it might be. But then over time and through, the, through starting We First, my company and so on, I've realized that the fulfillment you seek actually comes from what you give to others. You, in fact, fill yourself up by what you give of yourself to others. And I had no idea of that before, I, not even sort of conceptually or otherwise. I just thought I was running around the world looking for affirmation that made me feel okay about myself as a function of what maybe others thought about me. And then I realized that, it's absolutely irrelevant. The only thing that matters is, are you finding meaning in how you're spending your time and your days by doing something that you love and, and making a contribution to others? And that creates a, self, a, sense, a sense of self-worth. That gives you the meaning you're looking for. And then ultimately, over the course of a lifetime, you look back and go, you know, there was some significance to me being here. I moved the needle, it changed in some way. I made that dent in the universe, to, to quote Steve Jobs. And so I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. And I think when we're, if we do this work, we can definitely find it. But it's not something that we're told to do. It's not prioritized typically in people's lives. And so our whole lives pass doing things that aren't perhaps in alignment with our true purpose. And then we wonder why we're unhappy and feel unfulfilled and maybe even take it out on the people we love because that's just the frustration that's going on. Yet the other side of that is so empowering and so rewarding so I, I think we've just got to stop and we've got to take the time to do it because once we do it, so many other things fall into place. I would say that's true. It's very true. And the one of the most important things, and you talk about this in your course, is taking action on it. But you, you state that our purpose is the why we exist. And, and, you know, most purpose courses, that is what they say. It is why we exist. Mm -hmm. And it resides at the intersection of you alone, you and others, 
and you and the world. Um, this is your approach to this. This is the defining and activating purpose course that you've created. Can you comment on those three for our listeners so they can put it into perspective as to why they exist and why those three characteristics are important? Yeah, thanks for asking. I mean, it's interesting. I think it's, it's one thing to say, hey, we should find our purpose and it can make a lot of difference in our life. It's another thing to identify it. It's difficult. It's not easy. Um, and, you know, I personally be, believe it's very hard to read the label from inside the jar. It's hard to see yourself from inside yourself. And so to, to solve that problem in the work that we've done with a lot of very famous entrepreneurs and corporate executives and solopreneurs startup is that start of startups, we, 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 as an outside, we externalize them. And the way that we do that is we ask a series of questions that force them to externalize themselves by writing answers to questions that are very specifically designed to frame up who they are. And the first lens we look at them through is, well, who are you alone? Forget everybody else. Forget all the other input and the people you care about in your life. And just thinking about yourself and only you, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Answer some questions. For example, if you're not sure what you're for in life, what are you against? What is your enemy? Let's define what you're against. What's that thing that gets you out of bed in the morning that really you'll, you'd work hard from a place of passion to change? We then look at you through another lens, which is you and others. So you look at the different people in your life, in your work life and in your professional life and say, well, in relationship to those people, what is my purpose? For example, what are you the only of? Or when you're at your best, what are you doing? You know, again, a whole different way of looking at the same diamond but through a different facet of that diamond. And then the third level is you and the world. So, you know, literally you and, you know, this planet and humanity and, and, and the difference you want to make in the world, like answering questions like, you know, how will the world be better off because you're in it? Or what legacy do you want to leave? And what this does is it forces you to externalize yourself, to get outside yourself, and to really look at you through these three different lenses as different sort of facets of the same diamond. And what we found is that certain themes emerge. And I know this to be true because I had no idea even that I was looking for my purpose, let alone what it was. But when I started blogging as part of the book process, I started to see certain themes emerge. Themes that I, it's kind of, it's almost like I just can't deny that I care about that. It's not that I consciously knew that this was my thing, but it kept showing up. And when I, interrogated and said, why does this keep showing up? I'm like, yeah, that's something I really care about. And so these themes emerge and then you distill those themes down and very quickly you'll come down to a point, a very clear and strategic point of view that is unique to you, which is your purpose, the role that you're going to play in the world. And it's incredibly powerful and in fact, a huge relief when you get there. Now, Simon, you, you basically have developed this course in conjunction with some partners and other people. And as you, as you say, there's different perspectives that actually went into this course. And I love the way that it's weaved together and how the course ultimately helps people derive at creating their purpose statement and then taking it a step beyond, you know, making the action plan around it. Um, you speak about purpose gaps in the course. Um, mm -hmm. I have actually never heard that term. I'm sure many of my people out there don't know what that is. So what is a purpose gap? And how do you help people bridge these caps? And how 
Can you share some or one of a client story, which is real, about a purpose gap? Sure. You know, it's interesting. As you start to do this exercise, a lot of things reveal themselves because you're, you're asking questions you've never really asked before. And a, and a purpose gap can be a way of thinking or behaving or it might be a relationship or an activity you're doing in life that isn't in alignment with your purpose. Something that is just really, you know, out of alignment with what is emerging from the other questions you're answering um, in terms of being true to you. So there may be relationships or friends in your life that you think, you know what, I've never felt comfortable with that and they're not necessarily in my best interest. Or the job that I'm doing right now, while there's certain aspects of it I like, there is something I now realize that I'm much more passionate about. Um, or there may be modes of thinking, you know, that are either, you know, a function of relationships with family or your, your journey in life and, and history that, you know, you, you need to break the way, you know, certain cycles of thinking that are holding you back, for example, from committing against your purpose. And all of this is designed not to kind of just celebrate purpose in inverted commas or in a vacuum, but to unlock the benefits of purpose you will be far happier as a human being because you know why you're here. You'll find this alignment between who you are and what you do on a daily basis. You will align what you do in terms of your job and your relationships with that, and you'll be much more successful at what you do because you're passionate about what you do. You found that alignment. And so, you know, to your question about an example, you know, I've given a few examples there, but um, I just know that in many cases, we've seen so many different examples and the different sort of feedbacks that we've got from people doing the course, um, that it can take the form of uh, friends or acquaintances that were not supportive of what they truly wanted to do, or it could take the form of not addressing an issue with a boss or colleague that constantly is undermining your efforts to kind of step into the role that you want to play. And as I mentioned, often we all have some sort of limiting belief that we need to overcome, that we're not enough, or there's, you know, it'll never happen for me, or um, everybody else is lucky and, and it's, it's just not meant to be for me. You know, there's always some belief that you might need to overcome. So there, there's a few examples, and there's no right or wrong. We're all human. We all have these challenges. And um, I think, and, and in my case, I mean, I think, I was, if I was to volunteer, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this before, but my purpose gap was I was spending my whole time running around the world in the advertising world trying to live up to different versions of success that had nothing to do with who I truly was. And in the advertising world, that takes the form of winning creative awards. And so I, I worked at fancy agencies in London and, and a Nike here in the US, and you win a lot of awards and so on, which is great. Um, or you kind of you know, you get a big job where you're running a big piece of business and, and suddenly you feel important. That had nothing to do with who I truly was, which is I'm a values-based family guy that very much cares about other people's experience of life. And, I want to, and what was true to me was to use those skill sets in service of others in a way that can actually improve the lives of others. And only then would I be able to find that direct connection between my skills and what I actually felt was true to me in terms of my purpose. So I, I was as guilty as anybody of having a massive purpose gap in terms of what I thought success looked like, but I had to learn the hard way that that's not what it's all about. So hopefully that, that helps.
Well, I think that that story tells one thing for a lot of people and from, from me to you, uh, maybe not as much of the listeners here, you know, you, you have to look at, you put on different glasses to look at the world and you say, hey, all this hard work at the agencies actually, if you shift it, helped me to be able to do this work today. And Absolutely. I look at it as, you know, what did I actually get as a result of doing that? And, you know, you mentioned there that the purpose statement, just like what happened with you with the agency, evolves that people move through the course. Well, it's moved through the course and moved through life. Um, you yeah. move through life and your purpose statement moved as well. And that there are three key elements because what happens is as the agitation becomes greater, the drive to want to do something about it becomes greater. So the change you want to see in the world, the work that will affect the change, which is what you are going through, and why or the meaning behind one's efforts. So what do people need to know before embarking on the purpose statement? And how do you know when people are really ready to commit to do this? Yeah, it's a good question. And firstly, I'd say every single one of your listeners and beyond deserve to find what their purpose is because it is such a key to the happiness, fulfillment and success that they want, firstly, foremost. Secondly, I think, you know, I think there's an expression out there where sometimes the pain of um, not doing what you want to do is, is greater than the pain of doing what you're doing right now. Because for a lot of us, you know, you just endure the pain because you dismiss it as work or that's just the way things are or, you know, this is how it's always meant to be for someone like me or whatever it might be. Um, and those limiting beliefs, you get to that point, that breaking point where you're actually going to have to move beyond that belief and actually commit to something. So I think there's a tenor, there's a vibration in your life where you just get fed up with the state of, you know, circumstances and you're finally willing to do something about it. Um, and then I think once you do that, there's a watershed moment of relief. But then the third thing you need is really just belief. I think you just need to start incrementally to work towards it. Like there's a woman, fantastic lady who was doing the course the other day and we have office hours where you can call in and get support and advice. And um, she had always wanted to open a... Uh, a clinic for young ladies to better understand um, their bodies and how to make sure that they protect themselves and and develop self-respect. And it was all based on a personal story that had happened to one of her dearest friends. And there, she, what she shared was there were so many naysayers in her way. There were so many people who were um, telling her that she, you know, she needed to stay. As, she, she's a doctor and she's a medical practitioner and she had to stay the course of where she was at that point. But as soon as she switched, everybody said, of course, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You should have always been doing that. And this, the, the floodgates opened in terms of people recommending her to other people and people, just this serendipity started to all um, unfold. And so I think for a lot of us, you know, you have to kind of reach that point, that breaking point. You have to, you know, recognize that moment of relief when you commit to working out what the purpose statement is and then and then you've just got to trust that this is what you're meant to do and just slowly incrementally build towards it but there's something very powerful where when you're in alignment with what you're truly meant to do you don't worry about what others are doing anymore you don't feel wait you know beat yourself up with negative thinking you take all that energy that's otherwise wasted and focus it in 
on what you're meant to do. And that, of course, gets you where you want to go that much faster and you're much more successful at it because this is your truth. And so uh, I think there's certain circumstances that need to happen. But as you commit to working out what your purpose is, then do it and then you run, you run like hell. And it's very, very um, – I found it to be very rewarding what happens in terms of people around you who are very supportive because they see, they see – they've always seen it in you. And once you articulate it, they go, yes, that's it. And it just it gives you – put some wind behind your sails. Yeah, it's like a light bulb goes on or something happens with your internal chemical system where you get very, very excited and compelled to do something and take action. And it is really exciting to see people light up. And you know when yeah. they get there. Now, one of the exercises you give to the course participants is this – I'll call it life in review. You call it a timeline, but it's really kind of life in review. And usually when we do this reflection process – um, we reflect upon hopefully the good things, sometimes the regrets, the things we haven't done, which is what brings us to a point of saying, hey, I'm not satisfied. So what becomes revealed during this process and how does this process get one of your participants or people that are engaged in this building their purpose statement? Yeah, um, it's, it's a very interesting process for everyone. It's, it's unique and individual, obviously. Um, and just, you know, as context, you know, we offer all the experience that we've had over the last seven years in the course in and around purpose. And we've been lucky enough to work with brands like Virgin and Timberland and Seventh Generation and Tom's and leading entrepreneurs and, and, you know, founders and corporate executives all the way through. So all of that learning is distilled down into the course for you. But then also we also have a number of different guest uh, speakers and interviewees that share their stories, you get their insights. And there's a number of first-time solopreneurs, startups, but then there's also Rick Ridgway, who is the head of environmental initiatives at Patagonia, and Linda, who started lynda.com, and, and Jordan, who is the head of strategy at Tom's. So you also hear from very experienced, highly admired brands as well. So you get all the insights from everybody in the course. And to your question about you know what gets revealed in the process is that you know, a li building a little bit on what you said earlier on is that everything in your life up to that point has contributed to this moment. And it's no accident that this moment has come into focus right now. And as you said, like in my case, the advertising skills, that's all great. It's playing into what I'm doing now. But every single one of your listeners, whatever skill sets you've built on the way, whatever travel you've done, the, the lessons you've learned through family and friendships and work, that's made you uniquely who you are right now and uniquely qualified to execute against the purpose that is uniquely true to you. And so I think what it reveals when you look back is you go, wow, that phase of my life, I was unhappy. And I could see now in the context of my purpose, that unhappiness, that tension was because I was off course. And I course corrected back this other way. And I explored this other thing. And it might have been a relationship or it might be work of a different type. But that was more in alignment, but still it wasn't right. And it's kind of like, you know, watching a, um, you know, some sort of thing bounce from left to right and finally come to rest dead center as you're, as you're charting your, I don't know, your magnetic north, your true north. And so I think what a lot of people find in this, this lifetime exercise is you look back and you go, well, if I had to do a historical review of my life, I see how the different steps in the different moments were different plot points in this journey that I've making, been making to this moment. And now I'm uniquely qualified 
to execute against this purpose that I've defined for myself. So again, it gives you confidence because it makes you realize nothing was wasted, but rather has prepared you for this moment and what you're about to do. So true. So true. And again, the, the sum total of all the experiences added up, you wouldn't be who you are. You wouldn't have that unique DNA. But the key is now, ah, I'm going to actually maybe alter that a bit and define this purpose and do something different. And I think that's it. And one of your students had some very sound bit of advice. She said in the video, just show up. What are some of the roadblocks and stories you have encountered as you have taught students about finding their purpose and then more importantly, not only just finding it, but then making it part of their DNA and living it? Yeah, I think, you know, Jackie said, just show up. And what we were talking about at that point was, it's not like purpose is a magic wand and suddenly once you've defined it, everything just falls into place and you're effortlessly, you know, um, achieve what you want overnight. Uh, yes, a lot of serendipity comes into play because you're speaking and living your truth. But like any entrepreneurial journey, business journey, work journey, family journey, it's work. And so, you know, firstly, you've got to show up in the sense you've got to commit. Once you've done this work, and you, you kind of stare truth in the face, you've got to go, I can't unring that bell. I can't deny that I've found this. So you've got to show up and do the work. But then you've got to also show up time and time again when you go through the inevitable challenges. With any business you start or entrepreneurial endeavor, there are financial challenges, support challenges you have. Any career that you have inside a company, there are good times for the company, bad times for the company, there are politics, there are all those things going on. Um, in, in relationships, in life, there are always ups and downs. And so, you know, quitting is the easiest thing in the world to do. It's a little bit harder when you know exactly what you're meant to be doing. But there will be time and again those moments where you've got to ask yourself, am I going to honor this truth that I've identified for myself and am I going to keep going? And if you're lucky enough to have a family, that's great motivation. And, you know, paying bills is great motivation as well. But um, I think purpose is something that, it's that fire in your belly. And I, as I look back now, it's funny, I'm 51 years old now and I've known a lot of peers and colleagues for a long time. And those who didn't really ever get the chance to identify their purpose, and there's no right or wrong, you know, the circumstances dictated at different times for people, there's a lot of frustration and there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of angst. And I think that those who committed to something that took some risk at different points and committed to what they know to be true to them. There's been tough times, but they seem much more satisfied and fulfilled because they showed up because they, you know, that expression, the Hemingway, you know, you're the man or woman in the arena. You actually did the work. You showed up, you put skin in the game and you gave it a shot and you never look back and ask yourself what would have been or could I have, or should I have done it? And I think that's all we can ask of ourselves in life. I think, you know, you, there are so many people that seem to be extraordinarily wealthy, but also very unhappy. And there are also people with more modest means that seem very happy. It's not about success in terms of wealth. It's about success in terms of how you feel about yourself inside and whether you've given your gifts, whether you've been seen and whether you showed up in the world. And I think purpose is the slingshot that allows you to do that. And so I think what Jackie was speaking to was just the need for each of us to do this work, but then show up, not just outright at the beginning, but time and time again, 
And the greatest reward about showing up is that you are seen. Your truth is revealed to yourself and to others and it really has a powerful knock-on effect in relationships of all types in your life and it guarantees you will have more success and fulfillment because you're doing something you love and you're passionate about. And even on a tough day when it's raining on a Wednesday morning and you don't want to catch the subway to work, you've got that fire in the belly to keep you going. So I think that's what she meant. Well, she did mean that, and I at least that's the way I took it. And I think the important thing to remember here is that, you know, the course, any course like this, is about waking up. Now, you talk about how you woke up when you heard about your father's death. And, but there's different wake up calls for different people around different topics. And, you know, you state that defining the purpose, it can be scary. And sometimes getting that wake-up call, it is scary. What are some of the reasons that you believe it's scary and why people actually avoid addressing this purpose? What is it that holds them back, Simon? I think there's a lot of things that hold people back. I think firstly, there's certain realities. I mean, for many of us, for a long portion of our lives, you know, the financial realities make it feel like you know, to indulge, you know, it's indulgent to explore your purpose. It's a luxury we can't afford because we've just got to pay the gas bill or, you know, get kids to school or just keep our heads above water. So, you know, and that's very real for many, many, many people. I think above and beyond that, I think some people don't want to ask that question because when they ask the question and they get the answer, then they have to do something about it. And it's much easier to avoid it and perhaps complain or procrastinate than it is to identify it and do something about it because you're putting yourself on the hook and you can't, as I said, unring that bell and you've got to do it. I also think that uh, some people suffer a little bit from the belief that it's not meant for them or they don't deserve it or they're not the one who gets to, that that happens to in life. I think the media is full of stories that are, you know, sensationalized, that make us all feel like things just all seem to happen and fall into place for certain people. And, and I just don't feel like I'm one of those people. Yet the reality, in my experience, of talking to many, many successful people that others know of these days, is that it was nothing other than a bloody-minded commitment to do it that was maintained over time that led them to whatever success that they're at. And, you know, we all package it up in a I, you know, an idealized way like everyone does seems to with their lives on social media. But the reality is there's no difference between any extraordinarily successful person and everyone listening and, and ourselves on this um, call. It's just, we've just got to commit and do the work. Now, that's not to ignore some people start off with a lot of barriers removed. You know, maybe they come from wealth or something like that. Who's to say? Um, you know, when I started, we first, there was very little money in the bank. I had a wife with two young children. My wife was full-time with the kids. Um, we had no foundation client. I had no li living relatives in America. And it was, you know, my way or the highway, you know, in a sense. And But I look back at that now and go, it was the greatest gift I ever received because I had to burn my bridges. There was no way I would have done it if I had a fallback position. No way I would have done it if there was any financial support that would have made it easier to do something else. It had to work because there was no other option. And I think so I would offer maybe something a little bit counterintuitive where, you know, if people feel like, hey, I'm just not in a position to do this. 
in my personal experience, that's probably a blessing in disguise because you have to make it work and it takes that determination to be a success. Um, but then once you are, you realize it was a gift in disguise. Well, one thing that I think most people can say about you, Simon, is that you always showed up. Um, you're somebody that I've followed for years and you've always activated um, and taken actions. Now, not, as you said, not all of them are successful. You know, look, if, if you fail, um, you pick yourself back up and you start over again or you start something new or you try something. But that is part of this. And my last question to kind of close this up for you is really around the action plan. And you speak about creating a flexible action plan because, look, it's one thing to define this purpose statement. It's another thing to recite this purpose statement. But it's another thing to live this purpose statement. You know, the first two are actually so easy. The third becomes a little bit more challenging because you're at implementation level. You're at that stage where you've got to activate this, where you've got to make something happen with it. You state that consistency of the purpose depends on three elements. What are those three elements and how do you help people actually live their purpose? Well, I, I, I would actually answer the, the question slightly differently, because I think it's a really good question. Um, you know, we have, to, we have to hold our own feet to the fire by new thinking and behavior. Once we've defined what our purpose is, we have to, we have to be our own steward, our own coach in all of this. And, you know, in, in my case, and I'll just as an example, I defined my you know mission is to really you know my purpose is to really live in a we first way and at every point when i'm trying to make a decision whether it's a personal decision or a professional decision or whatever i look at it and i just go you know is this in alignment with that is it true is the way i'm thinking in alignment with that and there's lots of things that we do consciously or not that we all have to change to be in alignment with our purpose and so living it is hard but the more you do it, the easier it becomes because as you become more aligned with what your truth is, when you step out of it, there's more dissonance. There's more kind of negative energy. You feel more uncomfortable um, uh, about it. And so, you know, I think all of us in life do this in subtle ways. Some of us write little notes to ourselves on post-it notes and stick it on the mirror in the morning to try and help us reframe how we're thinking or acting at that time or stick it on the dashboard of your car or they have quotes that they stick up on the side of their office wall or, you know, maybe sayings they, as they put as a screensaver on their phone or their computer. That's what we're talking about here. We're being our own coach, our own guide here. And so when you do this work and you define what your purpose is so that you can be more productive, so you can be more successful and be happier and more fulfilled, you actually then create rituals and traditions and habits and start behaving in accordance with those. And, you know, you create this roadmap of, you know, actions you can take immediately, three months, six months, and 12 months down the track. And you actually, like anything in business or life, you have to make a plan. And you make that plan. And just by writing it, just by writing it, you've already changed. Change yourself and how you're going to behave. And I think I think some of us write goals each year and we certainly all do business plans as if we're business owners. And I think these are very, very powerful exercises. So, you know, to answer your question, to live it, 
I think we have to hold our own feet to the fire and recognize we need to be our own coach. We create a timeline, a plan for doing it. As part of that, we have traditions and rituals where you sort of, you know, remind yourself on an ongoing basis about what, how you're recalibrating your life. Um, and then, you know, I think one last note on there would be listen to what you're hearing around you. I, you know, it's funny, having been in communications for 25 years all around the world as a marketer, uh, that's a skill that I think that translates most effectively in terms of driving your success and the quality of your relationships with others is your, the quality of your listening. And if you listen to the different way that people are relating to you or talking to you or talking about you, as you go through this process, you will be shocked. For example, what do I mean? You go and have friends. You get together with friends. You're having a beer at a barbecue or whatever, a drink at someone's house or at a bar, and someone else is introducing you to somebody. And when they introduce you after that moment of clarity of purpose, think back to how they'd describe you or someone would introduce you before. And they would say, maybe someone, you know, your name is X and you do this, this and that, and da, da, da. Compare it to how they describe you now where they say, oh my God, you are this person who does this and that and this and that. And then your passion for what you do is infectious. They will be that much more excited to tell other people about what you do because they're sharing your truth that they see in you. So anyway, the larger point there is just that on top of all your own planning, one of the fun things to do is just watch people around you, how they reorientate and how they change as you do that for yourself. And you'll suddenly realize, wow, it's not just me that feels the difference. Others see it and feel it, and it's having an effect on, my, on how they see me and my relationships with others. Well, I think that our listeners have been given a really good dose of wisdom um, in this podcast, and I hope all of them will um, take this as a call to action to at least check it out. Now, you've got a couple of websites out there. Um, I want to make sure that we're telling the listeners go to the right place. So where would they go to actually sign up for the course, um, sure. actually learn more about the course, watch some videos? Um, take some action here or at least check you out. Where would you like them to go? I know you've got wefirstbranding.com. Uh, you also have uh, on the course page here, wefirstworks.com. And underneath there, there's courses. So yeah, is that so we first, the, Yeah, that's the is best that where one. you want yeah. them to go? Should, yeah, go to wefirstworks.com. Wefirstworks, you know, with an S on the word work. Wefirstworks.com. Mm -hmm. You'll go there, you can see you know, an introductory video, you can read about the courses, you can hear testimonials from other folks, you can get a sense of what's in the courses. But you know, I have to say, helping individuals and companies enjoy the success and the growth they deserve as a function of their purpose, it's not what I do, it's who I am. I, I've realized that you know, there's an incredible power in storytelling. I've spent 25 years around the world studying storytelling. And the future is a story we write every day. And by doing this work, defining your purpose, you are defining the narrative for your life. And when you define that with clarity and truth, it unlocks all the success and the growth and the clarity that you want. And so, yeah, you know, please do go to wefirstworks.com, have a look. Check it out for yourself and then, you know, just challenge yourself to step into that moment where, which is the beginning of you really 
unlocking for yourself everything you deserve. Because I'm not saying this from any other point of view than my own direct experience, which is having spent most of my life out of alignment and then having gone to the other side, it really affects the quality of your life. And I mean, I think that's what everybody wants, you know, for themselves and for others. So yeah, wefirstworks.com, um, all the information is there. Well, Simon, it's a pleasure having you on. Uh, for my listeners today, we've been speaking about Simon's new course, actually Simon and Friends, I should say, because it is a collaboration with other instructors as well. Um, and it's a course around defining your purpose. And again, we're going to put links in the blog to wefirstworks.com, which is where you can go to learn more about the course. Simon, you also have a TEDx talk up there, right? Um, do any, does the TEDx talk actually uh, refer to any of this work? Or no, we just TEDx, refer, the, we can put a link in there. The, the TEDx talk, I'll very quickly speak to that because it's a direct moment of serendipity I had. And, you know, it's a great example. The, the TEDx talk actually lays out this vision of more responsible business and how it can, you know, build a better world. So if you're interested in that, please do look at the, the TEDx talk. The, the only other thing I'd say about it, it was 20 days before my book came out. I was exhausted. I had no resources to advertise or market it. And I was asked to do a TEDx talk. And it was in uh, San Francisco on the same stage that Steve Jobs used to do his talks. And this is in 2011 when TEDx talks were very new and it was kind of a big deal. And 20 days before, I asked myself, I, have no, I don't know what to talk about. I'm intimidated by these TED Talks. Um, but what am I trying to do? What am I trying to do with this book that was coming out, this book that I'd written? And I realized that I wanted to put new words in the mouth of business and, and give people a greater chance of success and, and, and impact. And so I reached out to someone I'd never met before, a wonderful spoken word poet called Seiku Andrews. And I explained to him what I'm doing and he said, I'm in. And then I spoke to an animation house and they said, I'm in, and a music house and they said, I'm in. And we created a three-minute film at the end of that talk. And not one of those groups charged me any money for doing it. It was a powerful moment in serendipity where these people just said, believe in what you're doing, let's do it. The last three minutes of the TED Talk I gave to the video. The video received almost 50,000 views in the first 24 hours. The book came out. And it was a New York, on the New York Times bestseller list the next um, week. And it was voted the best marketing book of the year by strategy and business. And it was nothing other than the heart-led support of people I did not know who showed up because they cared about the same things. And that to me was just such a powerful experience in the direct power of purpose to connect with people on a deeper level where they show up for each other. And so... I don't mean to overstate it, but to this day, I am grateful to those people who I still call friends who supported me when they had nothing to gain from it. And that's the sort of thing you can unlock for yourself when you do this work. So if you're interested, please do have a look at the TEDx talk. All right. So for my listeners, uh, Simon Mainwiring is the, who we've been speaking with today. He is talking about his course on purpose. He also has a book that you can check out on Amazon. We'll put a link to that called We First. Um, he has several websites, which we'll have links to as well. Simon, always a pleasure having you on the show. Pleasure helping you get the word out about 
how powerful purpose has changed your lives and the lives of thousands of people that you've touched both in business and personally. Um, and I've learned a lot today as well. I hope my listeners have. Thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone who's listening. Thanks a lot, Greg.